What is going on guys? My name is Mac. Across from me, virtually again, lifelong friend, basketball connoisseur, Garrett Howe. And this is the Press Breaker Podcast, man. We're back. Another episode. Back, Here yeah. we are. We're back for uh, the for the for oh. the other for the other installment. We're kinda like the Fast and Furious movies, you know? Instead of <laughs> instead of there's there's two things. That's always for certain when you're watching a Fast and Furious movie. One, there's always another brother, a hidden brother or a hidden sister or a <laughs> hidden family member. And two, there's always another gear in every single car. You think that you think they're at the highest gear? Nah, dude. There's another gear somewhere, somewhere in that gearbox, in that engine. There's just another gear. Uh, I'll go ahead and say that from now on in Fast and Furious movies. Especially, you know, obviously family is always a big theme, but now that the family memes took a real spark there, I, for the rest of the Fast and Furious franchise, will always expect at least one more sibling to be added in. And if if not, I'll have to boycott. I yeah. will just have to write them off as a bad movie franchise. If I And if I haven't done that yet anyways, then I just don't need to watch any more movies, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, that is... That is neither here nor there. But yeah, guys, welcome to the Press Breaker Podcast, man. We're back for what I believe to be the 18th episode. Uh-uh. There you go. I yeah. think you got it right for once. I'm going to make sure, but I'm pretty sure that you got it right. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it's the 18th, man. Hold Let me scroll. Oh, wait, it's in our message. Holding. I'll put it in my notes in a while. Holding. Uh, Holding on the offense. I just go to the Twitter like an idiot. Five-yard penalty. Main's first out. Hey guys, uh, just keep stalling. Just keep um, stalling. Eighteen. Uh, yep. Nice. It cool. is eighteen, and Halloween has happened, and the Halloween games we got to discuss happened, and I would like to say I think that you went four and one on your picks. Really? On yes, because you picked the Bucks over the Jazz, correct? Yep. They lost. Oh man. So, I know you picked the Mavericks, I know you picked the Hornets, obviously you picked the Nets and the Lakers because they were playing the Pistons and the Rockets, but, yeah, you went 4-1. and one. Nice. So, look at you, maybe you should have gambled a little bit. Yeah, well, hey, not bad. Speaking of gambling, guys, follow us over at Press underscore Breaker. Uh, my friend Gert here, you know, host of the podcast, he, uh, he does these press bookie stats or whatever, odds. Basically, he's just telling you what he's throwing all of his money away into. So, hey, you know, maybe it'll hit one day. Maybe it'll hit one day and we'll sound super duper crisp because he's hit like a $200,000 bet. And, you know, we can really get this, uh, we can really get this podcast uh, on the road. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I just started gambling against Sunday. And I don't know why I didn't think to start tweeting Sunday, but I just texted you about it yesterday and. Tweeted out, went 0-3, and that's my fault because uh, uh, the bets were looking good, and I had to tell Mac that they were looking good because I'm an idiot. And as soon as I said that, I should have known that, wow, I just lost all these bets. And that's I laid in bed as they lost, and I said, this is what sold it, is me not knowing when to shut my big fat mouth mm-hmm. and just letting things occur. So True. True, true, true. But, so, you know... First thing I want to talk about, like for real talk about in today's episode is um my petition to name a new goat of the NBA. If you're not familiar, goat means greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. And 
I would like to name Ogugwa Ananobi from the UK. Went to school at Indiana University. University of Indiana, however you say it. IU. You had it right. IU, yeah. University. First round, 23rd pick of the 2017 NBA draft. Ogugwa Ananobi has averaged 20 points, almost six rebounds, two and a half assists, shooting 41% from the field, 37% from three, 87% from the free throw line. He's killing it, dude. He's like, he's just actually killing it this year. I love OG, and I also love Scotty, and I love the duo that's coming along there. And I think that the duo is led by OG because I think Scotty's game will transition to just like ride into how OG plays. Like they're going to be a two headed defensive monster that can hit the boards and can score when needed. And OG, me and you have been talking about OG, obviously off podcast for years. And he's finally taken the steps. It's yeah, finally coming. Yeah. It's well, he's been taking the steps, but it's all coming together now. It's finally looking like it's for real. Yep. And obviously it's early, but I think I think it looks good. Yeah, speaking of early though, I really don't wanna I really don't wanna like overreact to the Raptors because Yeah, they there's a good chance they could turn it around and be a bad team again. But like I just really hope they don't. And I mean, with OG playing how he is right now. Scotty coming into the league. Hopefully he stays healthy. Um, Siakam coming back within next week, maybe two weeks. Uh, I think two weeks if he wants to like be super, super safe. But I think yeah, there really is a possibility he comes back next week. And I mean, all that with Fred Van Vliet, who is, you know, potentially one of the best undrafted players of all time. No disrespect to Moses Malone. But, um... Actually, was Moses Malone was undrafted, right? I'm not just pulling that out of left field, right? Um, I'm on the way. You keep talking. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, uh, the finals work that he put in, um, you know, Clamp and Steph Curry, that really has just ascended into something better. Numbers were down last year, uh, just a tad when it came to uh, defensively, but that's because he was taking a step offensively. And, I mean, he averaged 20 points a game last season. He's averaging 18.8 a game this season. And, I mean, you really just have a balanced scoring uh, a balanced scoring deposit from all five of your starters. I mean, Fred Van Vliet is doing amazing. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. is doing amazing. Scotty Barnes is doing amazing. OG Ananobi doing amazing. And then I assume Pascal Siakam is going to do Pascal Siakam things and average 20, 22, 23 points a game as soon as he's back. But, you know, if he doesn't, that's not the end of the world if he doesn't. But, you know, I'd, I'd like to see him put those type of numbers up. But, uh, but yeah, it's, re- <laughs> it's really looking like a good year for Toronto, man. Uh, so, I think, also, Moses Malone, this says round three, and then his basketball reference page, you know, when you click on the little down thing that says all-stars, draft, whatever, mm-hmm. it didn't say anything for draft. So I don't know if basketball reference doesn't acknowledge it because it's been a only two round draft era forever. Not ever, but obviously like a while. Yeah. Also, he's drafted ABA. So, I'm, you know, I'm sure it was three round three or whatever. So, mm. but True. uh, yeah, I think the Raptors are going to be good. And I think that they, once Pascal comes back, I think they should play all their starters like a healthy 35 to 40 minutes a game and just 
like let them take over because I think all of them can score most of the points the way that team's set up now, to be honest with you. Like I just I know that's like a very big durability no no, but I just feel like their most success is when those like a mix of Fred, OG, Scotty, and Pascal are gonna be on the floor. Yeah. Because they bring the defensive and offensive uh sides to the ball. That sounded stupid the way I said that, <laughs> but it's fine. You got what I was saying. Hopefully everybody at home understands what I'm saying. But, you know, since we've talked about the Raptors here, I would like to be the first to say that I hate the Timberwolves. Not really. Uh-oh. I just should have seen I just should have seen it coming. Timberwolves I talk- in the soup. I dude, talk talk about in the freaking soup. Uh you know, talked about them being healthy all year, already a wash. Uh talked about them being three and one, already a wash to three and four. Uh, and I'm going to officially say that as D'Lo, as a D'Lo fanboy, number one favorite player, I think the Timberwolves should trade him. Yeah, they need, they need to form something. They need a, they need a solid, uh, they need a solid piece to add to their already two generational talents. I mm-hmm. mean, you got Anthony Edwards, the Ant-Man. Uh, Ant-Man and Cat averaging the exact same 23.9 points a game right now. If you've got two players on your team averaging 24 points, obviously it's going to be hard to score and get your touches in. But D'Lo's just not really shooting. He's getting his touches. He's just not making the shots. That's the that's the bad part. You know, now, he's shooting 35. Yeah, he's shooting 35% from the field. Um, it it needs to be better. He needs to be better. At the end of the day, and if he's not, and if he doesn't get better. He probably just needs to be traded. 100%. And the first player that popped into my head, and a deal that popped into my head, then it might be an over overpay from the Timberwolves, but maybe not. If you threw this offer to the Spurs, D'Lo, first-round pick in 2024 for DeJounte Murray, maybe? I mean, mm. he doesn't have the scoring ability all the way. But he does but have he good def- defense. He defends better. And passes almost as well, and I'm sure his turnover rate is lower. Yep. So it evens out. He could probably get Cat or Ant more looks, and that's also me being a Dejounte Murray fanboy as well. Love him, but that deal actually kind of made sense when I actually thought about it rationally. But you, I think it would be an instance where you couldn't just do that straight up. A because of money, unless Dejounte's on some big contract that I'm unaware of, and just I don't know. I just something the Spurs would go for it just straight up knowing the injury history and the caliber player they both are right now yeah that's not bad like in the slightest that's not very bad um I was thinking more along the Ben Simmons line uh honestly because you know that situation's rough and tough Mm, um and I don't necessarily know if um if Philadelphia would be looking to get D'Angelo Russell but the problem is, obviously, the tension between Ben Simmons and the Philadelphia front office, the whole organization, really, is just kind of rough. So if you can get him out of there and get someone like uh, D'Angelo Russell back, who, by all means, can still be a good NBA player, like, D'Angelo Russell's career, I don't think, is, like, over by any means. But I just think he's in a rough patch right now. I mean, he's only 25, right? So he's got two or three years to figure himself out before he really needs to start, 
you know, hitting his prime, hitting his stride, doing big things. But I think at this point, I think a new a new scenario, a new conference, a new just whole atmosphere would be really good for him. And I think with his uh his like hyperness, what he brings to the court and his like love and passion that he pours into the game, I think he'd be a good fit with Philadelphia. They love people like that. Yeah, I agree. My own thing with trying to get Ben Simmons now, if I was the Timberwolves, I don't think the Timberwolves are in a spot to give up that many picks or that many players, to be honest. Like they yeah. need uh they need to if they're let's in the hypothetical that they're shopping Delo, which they might be anyways, we don't know. Uh, it would have to be to in my mind to make the most sense for them uh, a D-Lo and a pick, receiving either a player and a pick or just a player, depending on who the player is. I don't think they're in a position currently as still technically a bad team to give up all their future picks away. Yeah, but I think if their if their bench pieces develop right, if you get another uh, if you get another like good player alongside like Ben Simmons. I think I think you can just trust in your young bench to develop, and I think you could possibly just go with that and see what happens. Hundred percent, I agree. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, also, I think a problem with the Timberwolves. I think Malik Beasley should be starting. I know that they have a really high-powered offense in the, with their starting group with the three players they have in there already, but. I think, like, I understand because Josh Kogi and Jaden McDaniels can't score, but I still think that the Timberwolves are a team that are clearly proving that they're not good defensively again. Like, my comparison last week when I said they're like the, well, I said they're like the Cowboys, right? Ben, don't break. Did I yeah. say that? Well, that doesn't work in basketball. I've really thought about it. And I was like, that was really stupid because it does not work. You can't just force turnovers in basketball. On hope and like think it's going to change things. Yeah, because like possessions are changing every twenty four seconds, like literally. Mm-hmm. So that was just that was. I mean, it's true. They they're all break at this point. Actually, if they don't get a turnover, they're getting scored on. I would say that's pretty much how it's going. Um, but yeah, so I think they need Malik in that starting lineup to just add more firepower and kind of get their bench in a good spot before he enters the game. I think that's affecting his play too, honestly, because he's somebody that can average twenty, and obviously he's not averaging 20 anymore and his minutes are down. So I think something's, I think something's got to give there personally. Hey, that not a bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I mean, I really don't know what else to say. Yeah. You're kind of, you're, you're pretty much right about that. Um, I think the only thing I kind of disagree with is Malik Beasley starting because we've seen it time and time again, likes of Jamal Crawford, uh, Lou Williams, Manu Ginobili, he, he just, I feel like he just thrives off the bench. You know, I think he's really good at, you know, starting the game on the bench, analyzing what's happening, reading the situations, coming in, exploiting them, scoring. And I think, you know, you move, you move Malik Beasley to the starting lineup for who would you replace with him? Josh Akogi? Oh, 100%. Now you have Josh Akogi. Naj Reed, Jared Vanderbilt, Torian Prince off the bench, who can all play pretty solid defense. But the problem is, none of them can really play very solid offense. I mean, hey, shout out to Jared Vanderbilt, though. He dropped, like, what, 
was it 15 or 16 in their like last game or two games ago? I'm looking through their stats right now. Um, uh, if it was last game or the game before that, it did not matter. Uh, well, yeah, true. Yeah, he, but... he had 13 and eight against the Clippers last night, and they lost by 11. Hey, so but not bad. Cool. But not bad though. D'Lo um, was also out, so yeah, that matters. Yeah, I know we just kind of slandered him a little bit, but that still matters. Yeah, because that's he's gonna score 11 points. Like the Clippers don't have any good defensive guards that are gonna stop him. Oh, yeah, they have Bledsoe. Excuse me, but. Bledsoe's not going to hold D'Lo to 11. Uh, I'm sorry if anybody's a Bledsoe stan that listens, but it's just not happening. So, <laughs> Hey, man. Bledsoe's, Bledsoe's on it. Bledsoe's a very good player. Very good NBA player. Happy to see him back with uh, LAC, though. Now, though. That's just what I was thinking, too. Love it. Yeah. Love to see it. Um, uh, But his numbers are down, actually. I was, I was starting to look at his numbers because I haven't caught a Clippers game all season yet. Uh, so I was just kind of curious on how they were doing, and yeah, dude, the he's not performing very hard right now, which he's isn't really of a, isn't really what I like to see. He's pretty much turned like they're pretty much turning him to a defensive guard that's like a third or fourth option in the offense, right? Yeah, because they have Reggie Jackson who put twenty nine on a Anthony Edwards head last night, or Pat Bev's head, whichever one was guarding him. Hmm. Neither good, unfortunate. Um, yeah, that's pretty uh, tough, but that's how it goes. Uh, Reggie Jackson, you know what? I'll, let me go on a tangent here. Underrated player. Oh, everybody he's been, he's lost been underrated since he was in Detroit, man. That's what I'm, as I was going to get to is everybody lost sight of how good he was and how much potential he had when he got to Detroit. Everybody noticed how good he was and how like, big of an impact he would have on games when he was on the Thunder. And then as soon as you go to no man's land Detroit, even though his numbers were up and he was starting, it didn't matter. Like, they weren't winning games. And he did have some stretches there where he was pretty bad. But yeah. uh, I'm just going to say this. Situation. I'm just going to say this. This man, for his career, has averaged 13 points a game. And take out the fact that his first two years, he's, he averaged 3.1 and 5.3, respectively. He would probably have career averages of around, like, 15 or 16. Which, hey, to be a point guard in the league and go 10 years averaging around 15 points when you're not, like, a household name, is pretty good. Like, he does. Like, like shout-out to Reggie Jackson, man. He puts up the numbers. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's even more impressive that he averages 13 for his career, having two years of three and five. Yeah. And that makes it even crazier. Um, but Paul if, George looked pretty dude, good this year. I was so about far. to say, bro, Paul George is nearing MVP candidacy again. I mean, granted, they're out. Uh, They don't have Kawhi right now. So, I mean, that's probably why his numbers are so high up. But, like, people forget that that, like, 2017 year, I think it was, or 2018, he was third in the MVP race, wasn't he? He should have won it. He should have yeah. won it, in my opinion. Yeah. I know he slowed down at the end of the year, but he should have won MVP. He was doing, like, Giannis things because he was in top three conversation for MVP and Depoy yeah. before the end of the year came around. Yeah. So, he's that's, shooting... pretty, that's pretty wild. Yeah, this year, I mean, he's shooting 50-40-85, so almost that 50-40-90 uh, mm. club. But he's also tallying eight rebounds and five assists with three steals on top of it. This guy's having a heck of a start to the season. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I know that you might agree. This might not even be a hot take to you. I do not like how undervalued steals are for oh, I agree. guards in consideration for Defensive Player of the Year. I agree. because. I think 
like I know that Rudy Gobert is a very good, very good at blocking shots, and he does also average more than a steal. But here's the thing: blocks don't end possessions. Steals literally end a possession. Yeah. Like the fact that mm-hmm. guards get looked over for defensive player of the year all the time just baffles me because they still lock up their position and they force actual turnovers. Not that blocks yeah. don't lead to turnovers, but because sometimes they do. But that's just a a reset for an offense. Sometimes I think there should be a backcourt defensive player of the year and a frontcourt defensive player of the year because it seems like they just give the nod to big men way more than guards, and it shouldn't be that way. Not at all, because <sighs> no, like I, I get, know, like, I get just... as a big man, you're blocking off a whole part of the game in rim protecting, and you're like you're you're shutting down layups, which is a key part of the game, but that's just because they're tall, like. That's that's not the guard's fault, you know what I mean? Like, it's not the guard's fault that they can't stop all, you know, 180 degrees of a three-pointer. Like, they, they can't yeah. stop, they can't stop every single three that goes up. 100%. For example, let's say Cade Cunningham, big guard, right? He, if he, let's say he averages a block and a half, two steals this year. Bet he wouldn't win deploy. No. Bet he wouldn't. I would almost... If there was odds on Bavada to bet against somebody winning defensive player of the year, I would bet against it if somebody was to average that. There's just that's just how the league is. And it's fine, but I agree with you. I've never heard that thought before about a backcourt and front court award, but I like that. I think it should be split up. Yeah, I mean uh, yeah, I agree. I think it should be. Should we should we write a whole letter from our very large podcast to the NBA? We could. How about hang on. How about speaking of Cade Cunningham? Four points a game in two games. I get it, two games, he he was hurt at the start. But, I mean, you're the number one pick, bro. You've got you've got as much hype around you as, you know, like Zion did. Like, uh-huh. people thought coming in that he was going to be, like, the guy. Like, he was going to be an absolute menace to the NBA. And he just kind of looks lost on an NBA court. Yeah, and here's the thing. Uh, so, you know, Jalen Green, real pissed he didn't go number one, even though he went to, uh, Petty King, by the way. That's ridiculous that he was mad about that. Anyways, though, Jalen Green, his first game of the year, rookie, played the best Timberwolves defense that I'm ever going to see in my life, and still found the way to get nine points, I think. Cade Cunningham didn't have nine points in two games. I'm pretty sure Jalen Green also bounced back the next game with, like, 23. So, like, there's got to be... Jalen Green had nine points his first two games, but then dropped a 30-piece against okay. Boston his third game. Okay, there so you go. So, a third piece a being guarded by Jalen Brown. Pretty, uh... Yeah. Pretty cool Yeah, I knew stuff there was there. a big bounce-back game. Regardless, he scored in two games 18 points as the second overall pick, and Cade Cunningham scored eight points. Like, that is bad. That's hey, but so as bad. we speak, as we speak, the one and six, yeah, the one and six Pistons are down four halfway through the second quarter. The Sixers, and Kate has five, so, and they still starting Killian Hayes for why I don't know. That man is buns. He's shooting better than Kate right now. He's gotten chance after chance, and he hasn't been able to prove himself. Oh God, it's because he got this stupid afro on his head. Sorry, did I say that well? It is. I don't know, dude. I don't think it looks good. 
it's mm, nah. Now Just when Paul nah. George had an afro, kind of liked it. Yeah, dude, it it was tight. I like that a lot. I'll tell you what, right now, Paul George will never be the real Paul George. I know we talk about goodies. He'll never be the real Paul George. So he goes back to a buzz cut. That's all I'm saying. He'll never be the same. That's Corn- true. The cornrows look good. That's not him, man. But the thing is, though. He, like we all remember Paul George for like his Indiana days, but he's done so much better outside of Indiana. He's a much better player. He was just he's older. And he was just better. explosive like, at Indiana, man. And then he broke his leg in half. Yeah, that was Excuse oh, me, man. the bottom of his leg in half. That was so terrible. Oof. It made it so not that it was good anyways, but like that happening in an exhibition game for the USA team. Mm-hmm. Oh. Made it so Ugh. much. Just almost like a useless game, you know what I mean? Yeah, you remember when he came back, too, at the end of that first year out, and he they he messed it up again and had to get carried off the court? Yeah. That was a scary moment, too, because everybody kind of thought that that was going to be the chalk right there. Yep. So, but, um... What were but, we hey, about he's played... Ever, ever since that, he's played over 70 games in four of his six seasons back. Love it. So, Love it. That's really cool. Um, I've got something I would like to talk about. Before you say that, I'm just going to sum up what I think. Timberwolves okay. suck. 50 wins? No. Try 35. I'm going to I'm gonna adjust my wins every week based off how they do the week after. Hey, I make it. We the Raptors so. are projected to pass their 38.5 win uh, over-under by, I think, the All-Star break? I think is what uh, a tweet that I saw today said. Put you a future on that. Get you a little future bet on that one. Eh. Over 38 and a half. Maybe. Unless the odds aren't good. Odds might not be good. Odds probably won't be good. Especially not now. Maybe they were at the beginning of the season. Yeah. All right. But I've summed up my thoughts. Continue. We're talking about MVP races. Love it. Gotta, gotta throw in Miles Bridges, man. Yo, this dude oh. is playing out of his mind still. He's slowing down a little bit. Just a tad. But, dude. Get out of here. Like, this guy is playing amazingly. Uh, Yeah, I remember, I think last week I said he was top five power forward. He's top three. I mean, the dude just Ooh, doesn't stop. Top three. Right now, not like, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, As I it stands through three weeks of the NBA season, top three. Easy money. Not even a thought. Okay. Uh, Respectable. I like it a lot. Because even Sabonis, who is in my top three prior to the season, has had some down nights so far this season. Miles Bridges, not a night. Not a down night. Yeah. He is just... I don't know what tear he's on, but I hope it's not a tear. And I'm kind of confident that it's not totally a tear. Like, I, I mean, think that Miles Bridges has the ability to average 23 to 25. He's not going to average 30. Yeah. I don't think, but... His two lowest scoring games are his first game of the season and not this last game, but the game before that. So he's not really falling into any inconsistent slumps. He's literally just having a rough game here and there. And even then, 13 points a game, that's not a rough game. That's still higher than his career averages. But this man has four 30 pieces, a 25 piece, and a 22 piece. Mm, and nails. The Charlotte Hornets, if I'm not mistaken, are currently like top in the conference, right? Uh, one of like one of know. the top. Oh yeah, but you know who is terrifying for me? Who? 
the Golden State Warriors. Yes. Because yes. Charlotte has been playing out of their mind, and the Warriors just kind of threw them around like they were nothing last night. One by 12. Yeah. I mean, dude. Yeah. And that's without Clay. So let's think Clay comes back, and he is just strictly shooter, no problem. Not even. Let's not even say he's going to be good defensively because I just think he'll probably be missing a little bit of a step for a little bit, you know? He'll be a little careful. So mm-hmm. let's just say he plays 20 minutes a game. That's going to make them even better if he's just playing like 20 minutes a game shooting a bunch of threes because he's still going to hit them. Like, they're going to be smacking teams, yeah. absolutely dismantling everybody they play. Yeah, I, I just want to send a message to the uh, to the front office of Golden State. Please, for the love of God, play Nemanja Bialica, Moses Moody, and Jonathan Kaminga more. I don't care if Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga are on two ways. They shouldn't be on two ways. Jonathan Kaminga was like, what, the eighth pick or something? Yep. Seventh pick? Like, you cannot send your seventh pick to the G League, man. You can't. Like, that guy deserves to play. In the Summer League, he was on a tear. He was torching people in the Summer League. <laughs> like, I get that you have all these, like, gems that you want to play, like Juan Toscano-Anderson, Otto Porter, Kavon Looney. Yeah, dude, they can play. That's cool. But let Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga play, too. And Nemanja Bialica, he might play a good bit. I don't know. I think he averages probably, like, 13, 14 minutes a game. But Jonathan Kaminga... And Moses Moody, I, I know for a fact they can't average more than, like, seven minutes a game, six minutes a game. I've watched, like, three Warriors games this season already, and I never see them on the court, like, at all. Bialica is averaging 15.1 minutes a game. Nice. Uh, which is actually pretty good for him, honestly, the way their team works. Yeah, and I bet he's shooting and, lights out, too. Um, uh, 44% from three. Hey, no. that's not bad at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 40, 41%, 44% from three, averaging six points a game. Perfect. Yeah, nice. Uh, and if he does that when Clay's back, even better, because like he doesn't have to do more than that. Like if you can get Bialica to shoot five threes a game and hit two to three of them, that's exactly what you want out of him. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and I agree with the Kaminga thought. Take Porter, take Otto Porter's minutes away. He is not good. I don't know what happened to Otto Porter. Not that he was great anyways, but he was better than whatever he is right now. Otto Porter had I mean, a good amount of years. Better. Where he was averaging good stats. Like, he was probably averaging, mm-hmm. like, what, 16, 17, 18, 15, 19, somewhere around there? Somewhere between 10 and 15 for sure, which was fine on the team he was on, which was loaded at the time. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, I don't agree with you on Moses Moody because somebody that's coming along here and uh, with this Warriors offense and this team, Gary Payton the second. Oh, yeah, dude. Glove Jr. is nice. Glove Jr. is nice. He has been balling out. And I really like, I, I like that, because mm-hmm. that is better for when Clay does come back. Because obviously Clay's gonna be starting, right? Jordan yeah. Poole moved to the bench. Then you have a duo of Jordan Poole, Gary Payton, with players like Iguodala, Toscano, Anderson, and Bialica. I mean, that's that's a very good unit. Damian Lee too. Don't mean to disrespect Damian. Damian Lee, Lee is shooting like fifty well. percent from three. I saw that on Twitter today. Yeah, he is. He has been going nuts so i i don't know the warriors were really deep too which is also another reason i'm scared of them because let's look last night when they played the hornets off their bench they had six dudes that played over 10 minutes and i mean that's it's nuts 
Yeah, that's, I agree. That's absolutely crazy. I'm, and it, it and I mean, just Kevon the defense, man. And he's just living but, up to his dad's, you know, repet- repetition, uh, reputation. They call him the mitten. They don't call him the mitten for nothing, man. That dude can play some defense. I was happy he's finally coming along, too, and he keeps getting these chances. Obviously, I think he's getting his chances probably because of his name and his ability to play because he hasn't done a ton of impressive stuff. Yep. Like he's been on teams, but, you know, he's never, like, gone crazy. But now, you know, if he, I think he's averaging, like, five to six points a game for the Warriors off the bench. That's solid for them, as deep as their bench are and as many options they have. Yeah. So I, I hope that he sticks. Thing got hurt last night, so I don't know how how serious that injury is. I haven't seen anything else on it. Not a big Warriors news guy, uh, but I I like the mitten as I've just learned it, that nickname for him. So I like the mitten. Yeah. Um. Something else I really want to go over. Uh, you know, is there anything you want to talk about? I feel like I'm just talking, talking, talking. Mm, no, I was just gonna. Whenever we're at the end, I was just gonna go over tomorrow or friday's games okay talk about those for a well second. that's it what i would like to talk about is demar Derozan is back oh heavy age 32 and he is putting up 27 points a game the dude is killing it and yeah he killed it in san antonio for the what two seasons he was there three seasons three seasons yeah three mm-hmm. seasons he was there i think he averaged like 22 while he was there um but yeah, this season in Chicago, man, 32 years old, averaging 27, 6, and 4, shooting almost 50, 40, 90. For someone like DeRozan to shoot 50, 40, 90 would be absolutely incredible because we know he doesn't have the clip on him from the arc. But guess what? He does this season somehow. I don't really know how, but he does. I think part of it is he knows that to not shoot very often. Yeah. like He only shot one three last night. Um, double double thirty seven and ten, Ooh, and man. that you bring him up, I think him averaging twenty seven is too much. To be honest, I think that he should be around twenty two, and Vucevic has got to get his numbers up. Well, that's He's Vucevic's averaging... fault. Uh oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, Vucevic is not shooting the ball very well to start the season. Thirty eight percent from the field, thirty or twenty eight from three. Oh. Yeah. Averaging forty three from two as well, which he's a big oh. man. He should be he should be shooting fifty five, sixty. Um, like he so has in go, multiple years past. Should we go ahead and say it? Just bring up he is too old to be that unathletic. Is that kind of where we're getting now? Oh, with Demar? No, Vucevic. He's too old to be that unathletic. Yeah, just like the way he plays. It's just oh. like every big now is just. Got some springs, and he's just like not quick enough with his movement that he can. Oh score. yeah, well I mean he's gonna be he's look. gonna be a liability on defense, and I think that's what Patrick Williams going out for the season. I think no, that's I'm really not talking about that. I'm not oh. talking about that. I'm talking about his offensive numbers in from two sucking. Do you think that's partly because he's not like oh, naturally oh. quick enough <clears throat> to get his shot off the way? You no. know what I'm saying. No, because I've watched Bulls games. He's he's okay, still watching it. He's still he's any, taking so the shots know. he's taken his whole career. He's just not making okay. them. Okay, yeah, I haven't watched any Bulls games, so I didn't know if it was like oh, dude, the it's fun. Aren't it's, open anymore. Dude, I'm a, I'm a Raptors just... fan, but Bulls games are the most interesting and fun games to watch this season, hundred percent so far, anyway. Um, okay, but I, I do, I do got to give a shout out to Alize Johnson though. He's only averaging like ten minutes a game, but he makes it count, dude. 
he makes it count when he's in the game. Dude, I test, he passes it. Statistically, not that great, but he is hustling. He's playing good defense. The intangibles are there. And I really hope he uh I really hope he comes in and takes the uh minutes that like Pat Williams should have been getting. I am gonna let you have that one. It's man, I, it's I so not... unfortunate that Pat Williams is injured, man. Hmm. I feel bad for him because I really think he was going to take an offensive, like, tiny leap this year. Just because yeah. how good they are, he didn't have to take a leap. But I think he would have been, like, 10 points a game, which is great for him, honestly. Yeah. Like, for them and the way he they kind of run. I think that'd be good. Um, Alizé Johnson, man, I just think he's not that good. I'm glad. I Like I said, I don't watch Bulls games, so I'm not seeing what you're seeing. Maybe I need to catch a couple, and then I can form an actual – like legitimized opinion. Yeah. But I'm for now, I'm just I just I don't trust it. I don't like I don't think he's that good. But I'll I'll bite my tongue on it for now until I actually like see him play. And maybe he'll pass my eye test. You never know. Nice. Yeah. Maybe, hopefully. I believe in him, man. He's good. Uh what's gonna get into? Zach Levine oh, you got doing any- Zach Levine things. Uh, not even gonna get into it. I mean, come yeah. on, Lonzo. Bro, he's Lon- so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is. Lonzo is doing doing well. Uh, his touches are down a little bit, but that's cool. You've got two All Star offensive players. He's just kind of rounding up the stat sheet. But I really wish he'd get his assist up, man. Uh, he's only averaging four and a half assists. I really wish he was averaging like instead of twelve, six and five. I really wish he was averaging like twelve, eight and seven. I'm gonna go ahead and say that's Vucevic's fault. I guarantee you that's the only person Lonzo's like continuously passing to. Yeah, because DeMar obviously ISO guy. Uh, so is Levine. Yeah. So. Or Levine's gonna be a back cut guy when Lonzo doesn't even have the ball. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna blame Vucevic on that one because that's probably Lonzo's primary target most of the time for um, how I'm assuming Billy Donovan is running that offense. Yeah. So, I owe Fred Hoiberg. Yeah, Io Dosunmu, her 36, 13 points a game. Looking good for the Rook. I like it. I really feel bad for him that he went to the Bulls just based off the fact it's good for him. It's good to go to a good team. Don't get me wrong there. But I think that he's someone that would just thrive if he was in Cade Cunningham's position. Oh, yeah. Personally. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think Yo, he's that good. So I'll pay you three dollars after the podcast if you can tell me Io Dosumu's full name. Looks like you're not paying me three dollars. Kwam Dean Iopo Dosumu. I love it. Iopo. I Iopo. I'm gonna start calling him Iopo. I'm gonna start calling him uh, Kwam Dean. Hey, you know what I found out today? The kid Leroy's full name. I don't even you know, know what it is. is. Charlton Jeffrey Kenneth Howard. Okay, I knew it was Charlton Howard. I didn't know. Charlton I, Howard's a sick name. Yeah, I didn't know it was the... Uh, I wish he went by Charlton Howard. Yeah, that would be cool. Sorry, pop culture. This isn't a pop culture podcast. I'm sorry. I'll, yeah. uh, I'm sorry. I'll punish myself later. Yeah, um, let's, let's get into the Friday slate. Okay, all right. Let's get into the Friday slate. Sorry, I had to check. Boss man sent me a text there. Uh-oh. We're in trouble. It, uh, hold on. Let me go see what it is. Let's 
All right, well, while you're doing oh, that... Oh, no. Oh, no. What? Take a guess. If you had to... Th- it's an audio file. I'll give you that much. What do you think it is? Audio file of Quinn. Uh, stop calling me boss. No. A parody. Another parody song. Oh, no. <laughs> what is it? Uh, I think it's called... It's called Durango, baby. What? So I'm guessing it's an industry baby parody. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, if he doesn't recreate the shower scene, it's scuffed. It's chalked. Stop, do please. Uh, all right, yeah. We f- I forgot to text him about getting on the episode. That's tough. Oops. That's on me. Well, hey. Today, though, 76ers playing the Pistons. Halftime, 61-61. Celtics Heat, 18-24. Into the first. Jazz Hawks tie game. Rocket Suns play at nine. Thunder Lakers play at nine thirty. Who cares? All right, go over tomorrow's slate. Hold on, let me get the exact chronological order. All right, we have three six o'clock games slated. The first one, a rematch of Halloween: Nets versus the Pistons. Barf. That's what. Uh, that... The second, hundred percent by twenty. The second game: Spurs versus Magic. An all-time trash fest. Not really. I like both those young teams. That'll probably be a pretty good game. Cole Anthony has been playing out of his mind. Love it. I'll take the magic. Um, me too. Uh, the final 6 o'clock slated game. Grizzlies versus Wizards. The battle of the teams that both should not have five wins. Yo, I'll give it to the Wizards low-key, man. I'll give it to the Wizards. They've lost two straight. Bounce-back game for sure. Where yeah. the Grizzlies have won two big games straight. So, bounce-back game. Then, for the 6.30 slate... Cavs versus you know this one Raptors. That's right. Yeah, I, I knew Toronto they were favored by six. Yeah, dude, Raptors by forty freaking three. Oh whoa! Oh my goodness! Uh, and then the Watch second six thirty game, the Knicks versus the underperforming injury injury ridden Bucks. Uh, Knicks. If the yeah, hold on, let me see if the Bucks I'm done pulling. I'm Christian done pulling for the Bucks. They ruined my perfect five zero. Uh, Drew, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, both still out. Yeah, and Brooke Lopez out. Going to give that one to the Knicks. Um, is that it? Oh, and then the one seven o'clock game: Clippers Timberwolves. Will Clippers. the Timberwolves get revenge? No, they will not. <laughs> <coughs> I uh... hope they do. Oh, that's one thing I meant to say earlier. When we're talking about them. Cat averaging twenty three. No, 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 no. That's another reason they've been losing games. They he needs he needs to be on par with what he did the first game thirty. I know that's like like a lot to ask of a player, but Ooh. come on, dude. Ooh, come on. That is heavy shoes to fill, brother. He can do it though. Oh, he's he definitely talented. It. He does he's got it. the talent. He's got the talent to average thirty five a night. But you know, he just like he just should hard. be putting up like Joel numbers, dude. Come on, his team's worse than Joel's was when Joel was averaging thirty. Come on. That's all I'm asking. But whatever. All right. We have three 9 o'clock games to round out the night. No 8 o'clock games. No 7.30 games. 9 o'clock games. Pelicans Warriors on ESPN tomorrow, 9 o'clock. Warriors by 100. Yeah, I'll give it to the Warriors. Pacers Trailblazers, 9 o'clock. Pacers 3 and 6, disappointing. Trailblazers 3 and 5, disappointing but not I'll give it to the Pacers. I agree. They're on a two-game win streak here. Dame's not himself. I like the Pacers there. Uh, 
Hornets versus Kings, 9 o'clock. I'm taking the Kings, I think. I'm taking the Hornets, man. All day. Miles Bridges, 35-piece, probably. Easy. That's true, but I just, Easy. I just, I don't know, man. I, sometimes, I think the Hornets are still going to do Hornets things sometimes and just lose when they shouldn't. And I think the tomorrow's going to be one of those games. Even though Sacramento, 4-4, four and four, I don't think so. I don't think most people would have picked them to be 500 right now. I'm sure most people would have picked them to be like the uh, Pelicans or the Thunder, the Rockets, where they have one win. Yeah. Honestly, maybe, yeah. Because their bench is literally just Davion Mitchell and Buddy Hield. That is it. Not that you need much else, because both those dudes can score twenty. That's forty bench points right there. But you want more than two dudes to rely on. Yeah. So I agree. Pretty good Friday slate. Pretty deep Friday slate. Honestly. Yeah. Most most yeah. of these nights the last couple of weeks have just had two or three games going. Yep. So, love to see it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'll be tuning in to a good bit of them. I'm honestly probably going to try and watch Warriors Pelicans because I would like to watch the Pelicans play, even though they suck. Not obviously, I want to see the Warriors play. Um. <laughs> so, hey, I got something for you. Yep. Are you feeling it, Mac? Ooh. It depends. Are it depends. Are you feeling a Bucks repeat championship? Oh hell no. There's too many good teams in the league right now, man. I said it as soon as the Bucks won their championship. I said I wouldn't doubt if they repeat, but there have been a lot of names and a lot of opposition pop up. I didn't foresee the Toronto Raptors potentially being a force in the East again. I did not foresee Miles Bridges being on an MVP candidacy run. I did not foresee the Cleveland Cavaliers actually being decent. I did not foresee the Bulls, just, you know, whatever's happening there. Um, And I also, to be fair, though, I also did not foresee the Pacers being bad. So, you know, it kind of goes both ways in the positive and negatives for the Bucks. But no, I don't think they do. I don't even think they make it out of the East. I I agree with you on the talent. And also, I think when you're riding an injury bug this early in the season, it's not a good sign. And that almost speaks to going so deep and winning the finals. Like, there's not that same amount of rest, you know? So it's just kind of, obviously the Suns are in the same boat, but and they're not stopped to a great start either, I don't think. I think they're 500 right now or something. No, yeah. I'm not looking right at it, but. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't. I know it's early, but I don't like when players are already out. And I know Middleton's out for COVID, but still, I don't. I don't like it. Not a fan. Save that for the middle of the year. Yeah. Not that you can choose, but yeah, I agree. It's gonna have another one too. Mm. Nah, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I was thinking about it. I I was running through a couple. I don't have. Yeah. Not, All right. not anymore. Well. Guys, that'll, that's the end of the Press Breaker podcast for this week. Hope you did enjoy listening. Uh, we didn't really have a schedule or an itinerary. We just kind of winged it. And honestly, it felt really good to just be able it to go like into detail. Episodes, honestly. Yeah, if, it felt like I could just kind of go in and talk about whatever I wanted to talk about with no need to stress or rush or anything. But anyway, if you guys do agree with that, then you know, press that favorite button or press that like button or press that subscribe button on wherever you're listening on, or listening to this on. You, know, you can listen to it on SoundCloud, Spotify, you know, whatever. Um, go check out Arch. Uh, we'll have a link deployed on the Twitter here very soon. Very, very, very soon. Only one design in right now. 
But I'm just going to keep adding in designs and stuff whenever we conjure up the ideas. But, um, yeah, guys, extremely cheap uh, apparel. We're making minimal money off that. We just kind of want to, we just want to gauge the interest, man. Um, but anyway, guys, yeah, if you did enjoy that, please like the podcast and uh, make sure to tune in every Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern. And we'll see you next week with probably just another winged episode. Hopefully. The only thing we got to watch out with winging is we don't need to turn into a Raptors Wolves podcast. Oh, yeah, true. Because me and you would both go in deep if we could, if we didn't think we about it. We only spent episode. like 15 minutes talking about it. No, no, I know. I'm just saying every week, though. We oh, can't, yeah. can't do the deep dive. Yeah. Even though I'm sure we'd both love to talk about the problems or the good things. Me yeah. would be all problems. But uh, anyway, guys, yeah, enjoy. We'll see you next week. Stay safe.